cliffcentral.com. Anyway, we got uh, on the Neuralink thing. We're going to talk to someone who is South Africa's premier futurist. I mean, I can say that without any sense of of irony or playing it up or playing it down. He's one of the smartest people in the country. He's also the founder of Flux Trends and somebody who we love to check in on from time to time because he's looking at all the things that are going on and and analyzing them and trying to make sense of them. Mm. He is Dion Chang, and he is also a man who's had 20 experience in the media industry as a journalist and as a media spokesperson. He can provide insights into the ever-changing relationship between brands, consumers, and the communication channels that bind them. But he also has a passion for watching what the youth are up to and finding out what subcultures are growing in various places, Mm. as well as a solution-based innovation for the greater good. He's an intrepid traveler, global citizen, and a proud South African. And he's also our guest this morning, Dion Chang. How nice to see you. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm very well, yeah. Yeah, so Dion, first of all, it's nice to see you. I know LeBang made it to one of your presentations recently. Yes, yes. Uh, you, yeah. You did Mind a thing. blown. Yeah, Thank she you. was, Thank she you. was, I, I don't know, you've seen Dion before, right? Yeah, but, I, I have, but not in that setting. I felt like I could like touch you, <laughs> like, really like get into your mind. It was it was something else oh, because not, not enough people are really interested in that way in what is coming. Yes, yes. So they it, should be. Exactly, and they should be. Yes. They should be. So, Dion, first of all, uh, Flux Trends, it's now been a while, and, and you guys are firmly established as the people to talk to when, it, when you want to understand what could be next and where things are going and also what the, the, the basic flux is in society. Is it yes. heading this way, that way, or the other? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. We're, this is heading into our 17th year now. Wow. Sure. Okay, 17 Phenomenal. Years. Yeah, so uh, very proud and very pleased about that. So there's lots to talk to you about this morning, um, chiefly among these things, a lot of people are interested in Gen Z, and I saw this very snide remark from somebody uh, mm. about Gen Z earlier. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you, and we can start on this, um, because maybe, maybe this is what you know kicks off the conversation. Yes. Michael says, what will Gen Z do or bring to the table except woke shit? <laughs> so that's a hell of a cynical place to start. But let's talk about Gen Z. So who exactly are, because we need to get these definitions right. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to figure out whether I was Gen X or millennial or a bit of both. There are not absolute, fi- you know, no, no, black and white yeah. lines here, but, but Gen Z is roughly from when? So the, the, let's start from the oldest. The oldest are turning about 25 now oh. already. The oldest so, Gen Z. The oldest yeah, Gen Z. Okay. They're, they're about 25. Um, so the youngest are sort of, uh, early teens, uh, getting to that. So, um, <clears throat> I'll just skip ahead because we're already tracking gen alpha. So just hang on. How, how, how much space do you give each generation? 20 years? Roughly. Yeah. R- rough, roughly about that. So, so in South Africa, your gen Z's are your born freeze. So, okay. So from, from 94, so mid nineties. Um, uh, and, and like I said, so the oldest are 20, 25. So when, so we started tracking this generation about, Eight years ago, so mm-hmm. long before they started uh, coming of age, or well, they were just only starting to come of age. Um, and the reason why we were quite fixated, or I'm I'm very fixated on on, on Gen Zs um, or Gen Z, <clears throat> depends which uh, which side of the Atlantic you want to be on, mm-hmm. um, is because so so to clarify for people, the first digital natives of humanity. Yeah. So the first generation that have known no other world besides Google, besides right. uh, with smartphones and and the internet, which means that. 
brain mapping of learning is completely, completely different. Sure. Um, I say um, in, in the talks that I do, you know, to, to, to parents and to, to teachers, sorry for you, but you're no longer the fund of wisdom. Uh, Google is. Yeah. And, and you, and if you, you, so you don't need the old school, literally, of being in a classroom and being taught parrot fashion. Um, because if you have a curious mind, you will just Google it and you'll find. So there's different ways of learning, which means <clears throat> we're reaching another wave of it with generative AI, chat GPT, all of those mm-hmm. kind of things mm-hmm. coming through. That's an, that's another way of you're going to have to learn differently and all of those things. Um, I was really interested in your, your conversation earlier this, <clears throat> sorry, this, this morning, um, about tertiary education because I've been, I was, I was, doing a little happy dance when I was listening to that because I've been going on about that since about 2015 uh, when the first fees must fall uh, started rising. And I said, you know, we've picked the right battle but the wrong war mm-hmm. because you're just getting, you know, uh, it's just that old school mentality. You've got to, you've got to get that degree. Mm-hmm. You've got to, and I still hear it so often now, um, get something as a backup. You know, that backup is so obsolete, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the moment. And so, so when you were chatting about, about that, that's exactly what I've been saying to, to a lot of people. And everyone's like, even 2015, they said, you know, don't you want your engineers and your, your doctors to have a degree? And I'm like, of course I do, but there's, there's different ways of doing things now. And so my point going back to, 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 to the Gen Zs is when you'll find a very, very strong entrepreneurial, so, so to that question, so you'll find a, a very high social justice barometer. Yeah. Um, they've been handed damaged everything. Politics, mm. economy, mm. social structure, all of those kind of things. So, and, and you made a comment also about this new cabinet and, and what you're starting to see is older people, say older leadership plan very differently to younger leadership. Mm. Mm. And what makes my heart really sing is that you're starting to see Gen Z's enter politics now yeah. at a much earlier age. So compared to the millennials before them, you're starting to see people go to sort of civic duty activism at 17, 18. Mm. We have the, she was then the youngest cabinet minister on the African continent. Her name was uh, Emma Theophilus. She's the deputy ICT uh, minister in Namibia. She, at 23, she became a, a deputy minister just before the pandemic hit. Sure. So, so she said it was a, like a baptism by fire. Sure. Um, wow. But you're getting these things. And then in, over in America, you've got the first Gen Z in, the, in one of the houses. Um, and he's 25 years old. Also, no degree, just a huge passion. Sure. And just on that social justice barometer, he – has won the seat in, you know, and, and I think his seat is in Orlando. So it's like a little blue dotted yeah. Democrat in the in a fl- uh, state of Florida, red, which is red. Yeah, red, mm. yeah. So, I mean, that, that's interesting because politically also, there seems to be a lot more depth and, and variety mm. in Gen Z than there is in the millennials because actually this, this term wokeism, woke is, is kind of a millennial thing. It's not really a Gen Z thing. No, I think it's, it's been so, so, so I, I play a, um, in, in one of my trend briefings about Gen Z, I, I play a little video clip and it, it, it describes it perfectly. So the girl at the end says, um, millennials might have invented social media, but Gen Z weaponized it. And that's, and that's a true, you know, and people say, oh yeah, but you know, at, hmm. a few years ago, they, oh, well, they're just teenagers. They don't have disposable income. They have all of those kind of things. And I keep saying to our retail clients, I said, yeah, but actually, if you think about it, who 
actually steers the household budget? Who decides, you know, decides what you're going to eat? And, and, and who are the, <clears throat> these companies most afraid will say that they're not cool? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's Gen Z. Know? And so, so they've been manipulating the family budget all along. And so now that they're coming into, into the, into the workforce, I say to especially consumer facing companies, you, you've got a pincer attack on you because not only are they your new, um, and very, very difficult, um, uh, very savvy consumer, but they're also now entering the workforce. So, sure, so it's, it's, sure. a, it's a two pronged attack. And, and Dion, when they buy things, it's not just about having a product they actually care about the values the, the mm. process the what the company stands for mm. and and we we poo poo that if you're not in that generation yeah. because yeah, you think oh, what, what the hell's wrong with you if you want a phone it doesn't matter to you if small children in some foreign country are busy putting it together in, yeah. in, a, in a sweatshop but they actually care yeah absolutely it's, it's a huge or, or, <clears throat> or pretend to care <clears throat> yeah on social media it's hard to tell the difference. The, and the thing, the thing <laughs> is also is that so, so they now might not have that, that huge disposable income, but they can mobilize. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, you, you, you see that, that connectivity. Um, and, and one of the biggest leveling of playing fields is connectivity. So you, you don't have to give that generation, you can give them connectivity. You don't have to give them a device. You don't have to explain the technology to them because technology, the, the technology is technology. Yeah, sure. It's, it's how it is. It's life, it's, it's the it's life and, and how, you, how you do things. Mm. So you can really, really sort of make connections. You can mobilize. You can, you can do that, which is why the, they're saying the, the influence, obviously not the, maybe not so much the wisdom, but the influence of the Gen Z with that connectivity has the same influence as somebody who's in their forties or, or right. whatever, oh. you, you are able to just use that you know, technology. Dion, I, I must say, I think it's incredible that, you know, Gen Z's have put themselves in, you know, this position of taking on politics. All that is great. But as a parent, I'll have to be honest, I'm worried because almost daily my kids are like, well, mom, you say one thing and Google says another. Aren't mm. there like some challenges or some <laughs> bad things that we should be aware of now? In, the, sure. in, in with regards to the future trends, what are some of the things we should be worrying no, about? Obviously, as parents? With, with that with that connectivity comes um, obsession with with devices and, sure. and, and being online. Mm. And and you know, if you work backwards, that's the the Silicon Valley business model. It's it's eyeball time, so it's to mm. keep you. Mm. Which is why <clears throat> we make this this comparison of of changing lanes and careers because mm. you never know where your skills are going to land up. So just on that topic, the one of the most surprising poaching mechanisms in Silicon Valley for the past decade or so has been um, casino slot machine designers okay. for tech companies. Yeah, everyone goes. That's what? interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So <clears throat> when I do a presentation, I, I put slot machines up on the on the screen, and then I put your uh, your homepage of your smartphone there. Mm. And who better? to know how to keep you on your phone than somebody that designs slot machines. It's the street and that's you swiping. I it's get got, it. It's got lights. Yes. It's got different colors. It's got haptic effects. Yes. It's got vibrations. It's got all of those kind of things. And then suddenly you put it together. You go, aha. Are you playing us? You know, yeah. that's, that's, that, that's why there's this whole pushback. Uh, the EU is about, you know, trying to ban TikTok. America mm. this week is mm. about to go into this huge, uh, ruling whether they can or can't, you know, you know do that. Um, oh no, we're going to, yeah. we're going to lose a whole tribe of people who told us they're influencers. What are we going to do without them? Oh, How no. will we survive? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Dion, can I ask you about this before we move yes. on to other things? The, 
the the chief identification here in the mind of a of a of a Gen Z or Z kid is the difference and distinction between the real world and the virtual, and those becoming a little more blurred very. as time goes by. So mm. sometimes they're very different. You have people who are essentially living their life as an avatar, and I mean, you know. We could talk about whether that's healthy or unhealthy because it's clear to some people that there are yeah. good and bad things about it. But it, it also occurs to me that these things are, we're still figuring it out. We don't know yet what the psychological implications of this in the long term will be. And they may be quite detrimental yeah. in many respects. We already know that relationships are much harder for Gen Z than they were for millennials, than they were for the previous generations before that. It was easier for people to connect in a real sense it's easier for gen z to connect online virtually but they find themselves a bit stuck when they're actually face to face with people depression and anxiety are sky high suicidality is becoming a problem sure so overall there are things to be worried about here but how do you when you're speaking to and about these gen z people how do you figure the virtual versus the real yeah that's that's quite a it, it is a difficult one um because it is blurring a lot. So if you start thinking, even your younger Gen Zs who, who are starting to game, um, parents quite a, a, a while back were starting to scratch their heads because they were spending more money on avatar skins than, yeah, than yeah. fast fashion. We still are. Um, <laughs> uh, some very clever brands have actually built, uh, this is hard to get my, even my own head wrapped around. Um, a little, uh, it's, it's one of your big fast fashion brands that they've, they've created Loop Island in, in one of the games where you can recycle your avatar skins. So hmm. you can go in and, you know, so, so it's, but, but it's, like it's, a, it's embedding that, that, so that message clever. to say, you know, can they, and they've, they've got your, you know, a, a, a sustainability influencer who does the real life <laughs> thing, but <laughs> then you can go into Loop Island. Of course, Island, it's all nonsense though, because there's can, no yes, real sustainability no, exactly, issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There's, it's there's, just there's, disconnected there's from reality. This is for, you know, everything. So you go, but okay, it's well, essentially like a, it's a, what, a swap shop. It's a swap shop and you can do things. So, so, so brands are starting to to be able to build things in there. You can build your own little retail. It's really, really clever. So they, mm. they, they say, you know, here's your, here's, uh, the, your access to our inventory. You create a little shop in, in, in the metaverse and you can stock it up with there. So you play with their stock, but you kind of just get more and more ingrained, you know, into it. And there's a reason why all of your really, really high end luxury brands, especially like a Gucci or something like that, that have gone full throttle mm. for this generation. And you're thinking, but they can't afford this stuff. Mm. And going, no, 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 but it's a long game. Uh, we'll get you hooked in. We'll get you brand aligned. And then when you mm. eventually can buy yes. something, then we will, then you will have that automatic loyalty to, you yeah. know, to, to our brand. And we'll, we'll make it really interesting for you to, to be able to do that. But again, we're talking now about consumer trends. Yes. 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 I, my, my concern is more, how do we understand and make sense of the virtual and the real? When we're talking to these people. Yeah. Um, so as you said, there's a lot of mental wellness issues about this, about so, so in terms of even the relationships, because it, 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 it creates cognitive dissonance. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. the real world in which you are required to actually be able to speak to people and interact normally with people and provide some kind of 
product or service in the real world in yeah. order to have a purpose. Sure. And then there's the virtual world where you can make it all up on a daily basis and change your mind about it on a daily basis. Yes, absolutely. So the, the one little signifier, so we, we always put a little bell where there's, um, uh, into, into our work just to make sure that we, we know that what we're tracking is actually happening. And so the little bellwether. So one of the bellwethers and a big thing at the moment are situationships. Okay. So you, you're mm-hmm. not in a relationship. You're, yeah. So it's that, that in between, right. mm. which, which sort of is a bit of indicative of what you were saying is, is like, so people aren't quite sure mm. we're not there yet. And so we'll just kind of just vibe, see where it is. And mm. we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have the situation until maybe we'll, we'll, we'll commit. It starts spiraling into a really interesting thing because now what we're starting to see is, are people getting into situationships because the economies around the world are so bad. So people getting into situationships to, hook up <clears throat> so not intimately but for economic reasons and budget so we'll hook up and we'll share place. so you kind of ro- roomies yeah but you're more than roomies so so that's why the situation is like a weird it sounds, it sounds so unhealthy yeah it's kind of there but we've been forced into these kind of things so even and it's not just this gen z thing that the the other little catchphrase that we we've picked up uh, a couple of past weeks are are boom mates so these are baby boomers, so really older people who are starting to say, well, I didn't save enough for my um, retirement, mm-hmm. so we'll also hook up and we'll become boommates because we can't afford... But like old people who can't afford to live, to so live. they'll so you get will, together. You'll have, to sh- you'll have to be ro- become roomies. There's no and difference between that and the, and the, and the, and the situationships. Know. So exactly. So, so that's not generational, that's interesting. Listen, they're for old people. Yeah. <laughs> that's what so, I'm getting <laughs> So, you know, wow. in, in our latest briefing that we, that we do at the beginning of every year, the school estate we're in, you know, I, I, I call it the, the, the great unraveling and the rise of the machines because, mm, because mm. things are starting to unravel. And then mm. you have to use that, that very lovely Afrikaans word because it's the only one with the best mouthfeel that you say, dit ontrafel, you know, ontrafel. things are, it just has got that nice mouthy feel that it's unraveling. Sure. And you're starting to see that. So, so it's, it's, you know, you could argue that, okay, these are the kicks of the dying horse and, and we are going from old systems to new systems. And yeah, please, you know, that, that we are moving that into All right, the, new sta- cabinet. The, sta- the state we're in is, I mean, this is fascinating stuff. So I've, I've read a lot about this from you and the key themes that you talk about here are technology, retail, economy, the natural world, diplomacy, and socio-cultural. Yes. Trends. So, I mean, we, we don't want to go and spend too much time on technology, even though everybody in the world's talking about AI. Most of us have tried chat yeah. GPT. Mm. We've asked it to do all kinds of things for us. I've been amazed at some of the results and underwhelmed at some of the others. It seems like a great first draft at things. It mm. seems like another mm. really useful tool to take all of this incomprehensible and varied and complex information that we're surrounded yeah. by mm. and to distill it into yeah. something a little more useful. That's great. But there's other stuff going on too. Uh, people have been talking for the longest time about this immersive virtual reality and all the rest of it. But, you know, even with the headsets and things, it doesn't really feel like that's no, happening as fast as people thought it would. Mm. You know, there's some senses that they'll just never figure out a virtual representation of i mean smell is going to be extremely complicated touch as well so what are the things that that the technology people are most excited about because i always wait for an update on my phone thinking it's going to be able to allow me to teleport and god knows what else we've got to be realistic there's there's a a law of diminishing returns that's coming in with a lot of the devices that we've grown up with right so the what what we're tracking so just in terms of of 
ChatGPT. So we, the, I mean, so, so the, the, the term is generative AI, but people are saying you should actually just call it generative tech because AI is only one component of mm. that. Mm. So what we're tracking at the moment are going to be very, very interesting legal issues. So at the moment, there's a lawsuit between a company called Stability AI and Gallo and Getty Images. Mm. So, so everyone's talking about ChatGPT. So that's just sort of generating your, your, your text, text and everything. <clears throat> this is, this is text to, to, to image. Right. So you're starting to see, and people, and <clears throat> the, the reason why Gal and Getty are saying, well, you know, if, if generative AI scours what's in cyberspace for that, then you can't take those images because there's copyright on that. Okay. The next step already is music industry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've seen a clip. Um, with David Guetta, uh, and what he's done is, yeah, he took, uh, he said, write me something in Eminem style, and then he took Eminem's voice, and then he played it out to a crowd. They went ballistic, and he just said, gosh, that really worked out well. And Eminem had nothing to <laughs> do had, with it. And he had nothing so to do with it. It's using his intellectual property sure. or his intellectual identity. Yeah, that's his not voice, property. His because voice, it's not, these are not songs that have been written yeah. before. Sure, yeah. But you, you could also, if you, if you look on the internet, there's some terrifying movies of, of, of guys who are busy overlaying essentially generated voices mm. of other people. Yeah. Indistinguishable from the original. Yeah. But it's me talking. And yet I'm talking like Leonardo DiCaprio yes. and then Arnold Schwarzenegger and everything else, which, which I was doing before, but, but at least I was doing it myself. <laughs> They've caught this up This is now. now the machine that's, that's so, doing yes. it. So your right. deep, your deep fakes are becoming yeah, these deep mm. fakes are easier and also um, more commercialized. So you're going, you, you're getting daily, just really quick commercial applications you just put in and you can say, I want to do that. Mm. And then in the film world, they're saying, you know, so this is also another problem is they're saying, okay, we want, um, Harrison Ford to be the young Indiana Jones. So we'll just use AI and we'll Correct. just, we'll just put, you know, give him an extra 20 years back and then, and then we can do that. And hologram so, concerts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've done this with Tupac so, already. So right? to your, to your point, Gareth, I think, so for me, I am excited and terrified about uh, generative AI, but I want to just point out to everybody listening is that everyone's fixated about chat GPT-3 at the moment, which mm-hmm. kind of just at the beginning of the year went on everybody's radar. Everybody tried to uh, get onto it. But a lot of people don't know that chat GPT-3 was actually launched in 2020. So three <laughs> years old. Chat GPT-2 was launched in 2019. ChatGPT4 <clears throat> is going to be launched in about 18 months' time. So I haven't got the, the figures with me, but ChatGPT3 has something like 170-something million um, parameters, they call it. So these are like connections that you, you can make. ChatGPT4 will have something, I don't know what the correct number, but something trillion hmm. uh, parameters, which very coincidentally is the same number of synapses the human brain has. Damn. So in 18 months' time, <clears throat> that's when I'm going to be really interested to see and terrified where this goes because you're going to have a generative AI which has the same synapses as a human brain. This is the singularity. Like all these movies have yeah, predicted. Exactly. It's, <laughs> I am legend you know. was right. <laughs> well, so we, we're getting into that. <clears throat> and then just to, to go back to the, the blurring of lines. So I was, I was doing this sort of executive thing and luckily one of the, uh, the ladies said, she said, ah, oh, no, the, meta- the metaverse does make sense for me. He said, because my daughter went on her first metaverse date. Don't say date. Oh. 
But so, 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 Lebang, <laughs> so this, this will make you, maybe, maybe this will make you a bit pleased. She said, firstly, it was, she wanted her hair and makeup done and she wanted a new outfit. She said it was much cheaper to do it virtually. Okay. <laughs> Just buy a skin. Okay. Uh, and get your avatar to have, uh, uh, uh hair and makeup done yeah and she said the best thing about the whole date was that my daughter was sitting next to me so oh no, so she was in on it so there was no hanky is, panky this is all so unhealthy though oh my god this is it's so scary, unhealthy right it doesn't sound <laughs> real for us but for them it's so real it's absolutely it's absolutely real mm. but um and then gareth she said so this is this is why i like what 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 we do because you get these sort of weird anomalies and then inconsistencies coming up so we picked up yesterday um we have these sort of big weekly uh, meetings and think tanks where we discuss a lot of things and um it's called it's a new tiktok thing called body doubling okay. this sounds dangerous no so this is so it's so random and so weird so you put a camera there while you're working and so that you can stream to people and you just work and then now and again you turn to the camera and you answer a comment or whatever so it's like trying to make the reconnections if you're working remotely of, of having people around you, uh, except yeah. it's not only your, 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 your office colleagues, it's, it's like you're beaming world. out there. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's getting a so little bit. So essentially straight. people are just watching you work. Yeah. <laughs> you got to ask who the people are who are watching you work. And you know, people will watch Gareth. Like for us, it sounds weird, but I there's know. people that are interested in just sitting and watching you live. It's, it's people watching, but just yeah. in yeah. your hands, in your phone. I used to, I, I struggled in the beginning, but I, I eventually understood why people would watch someone game, for example. If yeah. someone, someone's playing a game and they do it really well, it's fun to watch, mm. right? That's why we watch sport, mm. essentially. So that's not so different. Yeah. I just, I wonder if this is actually sucking the soul out of some people because as I mentioned earlier, it is making them a little more desperate. Yeah. It is mm. making them unhappy despite all of this freedom and all of this information and all of the things we were promised. It tends to have exactly the opposite counterintuitively, the opposite effect on people and their mm. psyche, on their emotional mm. well-being, their mental health. This is proof positive to me that we are still unevolved apes and that we actually need proximity to people. We, we, we do, need yeah. community. We need touch. We need these very, very primal things. And if we don't have them, it doesn't matter how evolved we think we are or how digitally native we are. Essentially, we, we will become less and less happy and less and less fulfilled yeah. as human beings if we carry on down this path without any inhibitors. But you do see, so, so, so to, to, to give you a flip side of that, you are starting to see that, um, some, not all. So of course, we, when we're talking about generation demographics, it's, it's very, very broad and very generalized, but you do see that quite a lot of Gen Z's are self self-correcting as well oh, yeah. so it's okay. like i need to step away from the devices so parents mm. worry about cyber bullying all of that mm. these guys bear the brunt of that so they know when you need to draw that line sure. and say okay enough i can't i can't do that and you see these little sort of blips on our, our trend radar um you know that people start bailing out of of, of social media and then because it, it just becomes too toxic mm. as well. Mm. So you you do get that sort of recalibration. Uh, I'll tell on, you what, that's subjects. intergenerational as well yeah. because I think a lot of people have started to see that most of it is just actually it's quite bad balls. for you. Yeah. Dion, how, how are we looking with uh, Gen Alpha? I mean, I know you touched on that, mm. you know, you guys are looking into like – I have kids that are within that yes. category. I mean, I have kids in every category now that I think of it. <laughs> but what are some of the already noticeable trends that you guys have picked up about them? Because sure. they are almost zero 
human life and yeah. just tech as their basis. Yeah. And that freaks me out. Yeah. Absolutely. I was having a chat with somebody on the weekend and mm. they said, uh, there's an eighth month old in the family. And every time she sees the phone, she's like, once, like, <sighs> give me the phone. Give sure. Me the phone. Like, sure. Like, like Lord of the Rings. Like, yes. Give me the ring. Yes. The ring. Um, so, so there's, there's, there's not a lot because they're still toddlers mm. that we can figure out. But what is kind of weird and kind of, um, yeah, raise an eyebrow to it. So there's a lot of, Companies already targeting Generation Alpha. Okay. Uh, with so there's so you can learn fintech stuff and everything. So they're going so they're going through. So so just for the listeners, just to clarify, Generation Alpha are the the kids of the millennials. Yes. So they're the offspring of the of the millennials, and that in itself does a whole lot of different filters into what that generation is going to turn out to be. Sure. So your millennial parents are the first generation of parents who are happy to have a digital nanny, i.e. a screen. And uh, the main tutor on that is YouTube. Sure. So so YouTube is your new kindergarten, and that, and that's what Generation Alpha are, are kind of growing up on. Coco with, Melon and Baby that. Shark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, so you know, if we think that Gen Zs are screen obsessed, then we've got another thing coming with, with, with Gen Alpha. And oh. if, if, if the younger Gen Zs are already starting to do go on dates in the metaverse, then – where will Gen Alpha land up and, and do those kind of what things? What is, well. speaking of, of companies targeting these Gen Alpha children, these are children. Yeah. What is dark advertising? Dark advertising. Oh, that's so, so the whole thing with our, our state win this year is, is about the role of AI in very, very different things. So whether it's in, in politics, in, in um, the end for natural world. So you've got something called uh, disaster relief. Uh, by, by algorithms. So they pay you out. If, if your area is hit by a hurricane or something like that, they don't even wait for you to, to claim money. They'll just say, we know that your village was wiped out. Here's money uh. because we know that. So, so, so there's a, so dark advertising is, it's really, really stealthy. So you, a lot of things people are seeing online would be dark advertising. They don't know it. So it's, it's specifically because your algorithms are so sophisticated, they will target you at a certain time of day, at a certain time, you know, when Almost you are right for that. Yeah. Mm. But the dark advertising then disappears. So it's, it's transient. So you will see it. You will even go back to that company's homepage, but you won't see that because it's been targeted specifically for you and it's transient, but it will nudge you. It'll keep nudging you towards something and usually the dark advertising will have a little you know buy me button or find out more mm, about it and everything mm. like that. so you don't really know that it's there but it just keeps nudging 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 and then <clears throat> so just um a link to that is a kind of a new category of of virtual product placement so this is just kind of all of these subconscious nudgings that you're getting so virtual product product placement is not new within movies in, no, sure. in all sure. that you, yeah, you, know, you yeah. put a box of cereal all of those kind of things what the beauty of technology does now is virtual product placement means that you can in post-production. So you don't even have to have that product there while you're filming it. You insert that into the, the program and then you insert it at a certain time of day for a certain audience there. And then for the advertiser, it is really, really good because you can re-monetize a certain piece of content. So if you've got a, a soap opera or whatever, 
you can keep remonetizing that and different and, products. And if it's replayed, yeah. you put a different product in. If it's played at a certain, you know, in the evening or on the weekend, <laughs> you'll put a different product in and it, and you can insert all of that there. So it's a bit like, it's like the deep fake of advertising. So you can put that product mm. in when you don't, when you least expect it. And, and so they said, you know, over 50% of things that you thought you were going there, you've probably seen it on, on some dark advertising and, and it's gone and, and it's, and, and, it's and all of this in your head. And all of this is happening in a world where people are increasingly unsure of whether what they're seeing is to be believed. Sure. I mean, this is the problem, Mike. We, we live in a world of fake news. Yes. And people are already questioning basic things. I mean, it was, there were always crazy people who thought the earth was flat and that kind of thing. Um, but now there are conspiracy theorists who have been vindicated in all kinds of yeah. really important ways. And there are people who are actively participating in propaganda, which is designed to confuse people. Mm. And I think, you know, there are, there are still things that are real and there are things that are fake. And, and it's becoming very, very difficult for some people to distinguish between the two. And, and this is the big danger of generative AI mm. is because if you think about what generative AI does, it scours cyberspace for things. It's just like Google. It's, it's kind of what's, what's there. Google gives you some options and things. But I think what people really need to, to be aware of is although it will, you know, write your essay for you, it will also take things that are fake news sure. and yeah. put it there. So if you don't double check yourself. So, so the whole thing with, um, in education, so the big, uh, you know, uh, knee jerk reaction was, Oh no, no, all the sort of students, learners are going to be, you know, going to be cribbing and they're going to be using that. <clears throat> well, you know, for every reaction, there is a, a another reaction. Sure. Um, there's a whole lot of new software out that can just scan your stuff and say, this was written by a machine. It wasn't written by you. So yeah. that's one thing. The second thing is, <clears throat> this is in the States is they found out that, Teachers are using generative AI and ChatGPT more than the students really are. <laughs> so they're saying, you know, give me a really difficult assignment on this, this, and this, mm. and this. What should I do that? And and what they're saying is fundamentally, it is again. So it's another cycle of of changing the education system. So you you are now engaging people who will probably be using chat GPT, but then you're saying, so you're not teaching people, how do you interrogate that? How do you mm. have critical thinking? Yeah. How do you question? How do you do all of those kind of things? So don't try and throw the baby out of the bathwater and say, don't use this because people are going to use it, but how do you use it? And how do you make it more challenging? I feel like we've been down this road with hackers. Yeah. I feel like yeah. we got, you know, in the beginning hackers were terrifying and everybody was, Oh, we've got to make sure we can find out who the hackers mm. are and put them in jail. Then people started hiring the hackers to figure out how to make better programs and apps and so on, and also figure out where the, the holes in their systems were. Yes. Mm. And then the hackers eventually became the people who wrote the best programs. Yeah. And I think like we're going to get to a stage with chat GPT and other AI like this as well. But let's just look at one or two other things here. We talk a bit about diplomacy and the natural world, and maybe this deserves a bit of comment because it's not just about the attitudes of Gen Z or no. Gen Alpha. Mm. But it's also about the people who are currently in charge, who are yes. sometimes widely disconnected sure. from from these younger people. Very, very much so. <clears throat> and I think you were you were mentioning it earlier today about you know the you know your cabinet, all of those things. Mm. And, and you know, fundamentally, <laughs> yeah, I've said it before: is you know, older leadership plan very differently to younger leadership because mm. you 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 know it's like okay, well, I've got another maybe five years in office or whatever. Right, five years to live. <clears throat> 
Whereas, you know, your, your younger politicians, and you can kind of see it where you've got, we're seeing it in South Africa. They're, they're not Gen Zs, but they, you've got millennials sort of, you know, in mayoral positions and everything. And they're, and they're starting to push very differently to, to, like you said, old ideas and just like mm. rely on, 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 on all of that. So, <clears throat> but what is really dangerous, and, and that goes back to your fake news thing as well, is we're seeing a veering off, uh, a, a big ontrafling. Mm in terms of politics, going very much towards right-wing. So it's not only just extremists. This is Gen Z up, now? No, 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 just generally. Oh, generally. We're talking generally. Well, this is, isn't this just an, a reaction to the, the reaction of the, of the left, which has been kind of the way it's been going for the last 10 years? Yes and no, because it's interesting. I read a really interesting paper that said the whole argument about we're going left and right is, is, is not, fundamentally where we where that you can see what happened yeah. with Orban in Hungary you could see what happened with Bolsonaro in Brazil but yeah. what is essentially happening and this is what does worry me is the the ontrafling is that fundamentally democracy is based on some degree of equity in society so there's some equilibrium and there's 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 there's, there's, there's not that there's no inequality but the inequality is not that that vast mm. What we're now starting to see in the world is inequality just starting to to become this 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 canyon, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so the 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 leaning more towards right wing, and and the reason why right wing governments are being specifically in Europe uh, being being sworn in, and you know, like Italy winning elections and winning elections, is people are being disgruntled. And this is why I say it's a it's a real, not only a red flag, it's just like a hundreds of red flags for South Africa um, because you're starting to see that people around the world are saying it's not left or right wing, but it's, I want an alternative because I'm not getting what I thought I was. It's almost just, um, it's almost just like a a kicking the machine because you're unhappy with the results. So So it's kind of like you see, you know, a lot of people who are just opting out of the system in this country because they're just so dissatisfied and they're saying, well, anarchy is preferable. So I, you know, I see it on the road. I've been trying to collect these things. So there's, there's, there's two things. So one, we've got branded pot filled potholes, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> so you get uh, a private sector, uh, doing that. <clears throat> and then on the other hand, um, you've got, you've got this guerrilla graffiti artists that are going around to all the potholes, spraying mm-hmm. A and C in yeah. vivid, in vivid green, <laughs> yeah. all the things. So it's just like potholes are, are a good illustration of, of like where the South African psyche uh, you know, is, and it's, it is wrong, but, but that whole not left, not right wing, but just a dissatisfaction that, sure. that our society is becoming so unequal. Well, I mean, that's why they say, for example, that, things, yeah. you know, a Bernie Sanders supporter has more in common with a Donald Trump supporter yes. than anything in between. Yeah. Um, and that just shows you that it, at both ends of the spectrum, there is yeah. massive dissatisfaction. Sure. But this inequality thing, I mean, it's, it's ironic then that the people who are the, the most privileged in society the people who go to things like the world economic yeah. forum are so out of touch with what ordinary people want mm-hmm. and they seem to becoming less be becoming less and less in touch yeah. with that stuff and they're almost proud of it it is and and i think that's that's if you and the hatred ordinary people have for those elites mm-hmm. is like it's never been before no. so so the like i said you know the, it's not not the left and right it's the them and us mm. it's like the the one percent which over the pandemic has become the Point five percent, yeah, and the rest are just so. The the last year we were really talking about the middle class mirage, 
because it, it doesn't exist. It's falling sure. apart, it's just, right? It's yeah. melted mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And you've got the extreme, extreme wealthy. And then you've got people that are, are just, you know, we, I think South Africa, we need to it's kind of just be a bit thankful that, that we're a very patient lot. <laughs> just, but yeah. we've seen in, you know, in, in KZN and where, where, you know, that uprising, that's, that's where it can go, that little mm. spark. And yeah. You know, we we wait for winters of discontent in South Africa because that's kind of strike season, you know. Well, where was that going? Yes, but I mean, yeah. even even that, you know, the, the, there's kind of also a bit of apathy, mm, which mm. I'm sure you've picked up on, is that people are unhappy, but they'll sit and moan about it online mm. or mm. at dinner parties, but they won't actually get they up and go. Do anything? You know, about I mean, like it. the last major march we saw, ironically, was the DAs yeah. of all things, <clears> which <throat> is so perverse. Compared to like where we were, you know, the trade union can barely scrape together 20 people to go and protest in a trade union march. They used to fill the streets of Johannesburg in the eighties and nineties. And now the only people who can get a, a march together are the, are the main opposition party, which is like largely not the most disenchanted, disaffected and most impoverished people. Well, you know, I'm making generalization. If your supply chain is disrupted to such an extent, you can't get your latte, then you get really angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is another thing. And I mean, America sort of leads the way here still. And maybe that's also something worth discussing because China has been touted as this place that everything's going to change from. And China's got massive, massive internal problems at the moment. Yeah. They've got a, a hugely imbalanced population. Chinese young people are not having children. Yeah. There's a, there's a big fallout coming there. They're paying pensions of much, much older people who are, and they, they're calling themselves the last generation. Yeah. They've lost, they've lost just, um, because this, this year's trend briefing, we, we've, we've done a lot about demographics. Yeah. And yeah, China just lost 40 million workers because they, they're in an aging population. Um, in, and they're not being replaced. In April, India will overtake China as the most populous um, country in the country world. In the world. Mm. And that's really important because that young, there's also a very, very young generation, very much like the African continent's a Gen Z country. There's a lot of young people there. I think like one in five of the world are actually young Indians. Mm. Yeah. But these young Indians are, they all started sort of coming of age after in the 1960s when the ec- economy kind of, uh, recalibrated and, and kind of went more um, open to the world. So they said you've got the largest bank of knowledge workers mm. um, in India and and good education yeah, as well. Absolutely. And watch that workforce then come out because then everything becomes more remote, everything like that. Already you've got call centers in India, all absolutely. of that kind of thing. Sure. So when this starts happening, so by in the next two years or so, when that demographic and that country just starts becoming the most populous country in the world. And you've got a really a good thing. As you said, you know, the younger Chinese are saying that that's the lying flat movement. I'm not going to hustle. I'm, I don't yeah. want all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then there's going to be a, a, a very sort of uh, a different play. And then at the same time, America's just sort of sliding and sliding yeah, and sliding absolutely. and sliding. It's just, it's, it's kind of losing the It's plot. navel gazing. It's just not, nothing's yeah, happening. Ye- yesterday's um, just when I closed my laptop, Last night, the the one headline came up that um, the state of Tennessee, one of fourteen states, but the state of Tennessee was the first state to ban drag shows. So it's like for children. Yeah, it's like for children. That's that's. I think it 
matters that it's for children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, there's, there's but, still drag shows, but I mean, mm. you know, yeah. this is, but this is America's got into arguments about unimportant things exactly. yeah. that affect tiny, tiny percentages of their population. Because they've been living in excess for a long time. Yeah. I mean, generally, obviously, yeah. there are lots of miserable and poor Americans, and they've got a massive opioid crisis yeah. as well, which is possibly contributing to this. Yeah. But these are small things in a world where, for example, India will end up being the country that supplies all the smart people in all the professions yeah. across the world. Mm. They'll just wash across the world. And this is important, but mm. America's busy worrying about which bathroom who goes into. <laughs> right? Dion, when, when I saw you last month, um, one of the things that stu- stood out for me the most was this very TikTok uh, thing mm-hmm. that's happening in America. Um, Gareth, you know that the TikTok that Americans are fed versus the TikTok that oh, yeah. is fed that side that's is two yeah. different TikToks. I want to know what you think is going to happen. Do you think they're going to win this one? I think the... The kind of scaremongering in America is is to such a degree that that they probably will pass this and yeah. And well, they've already it. banned it in government departments. Yes, yeah. For example, so, so federal, it, federal it, it, I mean, it is yeah. you know it's yeah. run by the Chinese Communist so, Party. Yeah. They mm. they funded it. They they yeah. they're programming it. They're using it as an information gathering exercise. If it, yeah. if it was just America, then I would say maybe it's just a drop. In, it's just like a little blimp on the radar. Sure, but the EU is doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. different countries around the world are also now starting to ban any surveillance technology that comes out of, of China. Because yeah. So there's this, it's just like a growing thing around the world, but the TikTok thing is, is one thing. And that's why, that, that's why they, um, you know, the, it also was a, an attempt to try and re, rewrite that. Yeah. To put that 60, 60 minutes, uh, yeah, limit the, the on, limit on, on a day. On, yeah. On TikTok. yeah. But, but interestingly yeah. enough, you hinted at this already. In China, if you're a child and you go onto TikTok or if, if you're anything under, I think, 25, they only serve up education, yes. sure. science, yeah. sure. mathematics, mm. history. Yeah. All the good stuff. You yeah. know, stuff that will make you smarter. Yes. Not people dancing. And it's, mm. and it's limited, and it's limited to, for your preteens, it's limited to 40 minutes there. So, so, um, what Lebang's, uh, referring to is, is at, uh, if, if anybody listening, just, just Google spinach versus opium TikTok yes. and, you'll, and you'll see this on YouTube. Um, and essentially what this guy was saying, and, and that sends a shiver down all parents' spines. I am, I'm shaking. <laughs> was they said they had a preteen survey, um, in China and in America. And, and the, they said, you know, what is your greatest ambition? Um, in, in America, it was influencer. So this is all mm. your your teens. Mm. In China was I want to be like a space uh, astronaut, astronaut or something scientist, like that. yeah. And what that guy said was, you know, I don't have to tell you if you just keep this going for a, you know another generation or so, what the world's going to start looking like. Mm. From there. So absolutely. Mm. Well, uh, bad <laughs> things happen because you deserve them. <laughs> well, in this case, I mean, you you've got to blame the politicians and you've got to blame parents. Definitely. We, right? we need to take responsibility as the parents as well. Put those limits on the, the screen times. You have to manage how much your kids are consuming because we're moving into a space of, well, it's not my fault. The schools aren't doing enough or the internet's doing this. What are you doing as the parent? Because it starts in the household. No one's going to do that for you. 
Exactly. Take responsibility, parents. It's not in the interests of Google, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Mm -mm. or Snapchat to look after your child. Exactly. They would rather have your child married to the screen for the rest of their lives. They will build an island inside a game so that you can fork out money for your child to wear a Gucci skin Mm -hmm. at the age of three. And Mm -hmm. that is bizarre. And then feed you more dark advertising. (laughs) So this dystopian update was brought to you by Flux Trends. No, Dion, it's always great to have you here. And there's a lot that I think many people have learned from this. People are saying, oh, my God, how amazing. Where can we find out more? Um, I've given your handle on social media, but perhaps you can just direct people to where exactly your report is in case they want to see it, particularly those parents who are going to be paranoid after this. No, if you just go to fluxtrends.com, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's things you can sign up for. We, we call them little observations, and we, we send uh, things out to it uh, weekly. Um, it's just kind of what we discuss um, in the office, which I think is is quite because because look, all of our work is is for corporates and for for big companies. So um, we we try and put out what we discuss and what we like uh, putting there. And what you came to was also like a public um, event where we, we show what the researchers that that we actually want to do and, and yeah and like as well. So it was so you. informative. Yeah, it was like I've yeah. been to a lot of events, but that one I was like, I need this, and I invited the whole team <laughs> to the next one. Every month you guys do something like that, and it's yeah. we need that. Well, yeah. subscribe and go uh, go and check out the website. It's really worth it. Yeah. Thank you, Dion. Always great Thanks, to have Dion. you, and uh, I hope we we get some more info out of you very very soon because this has left people wanting more. Yeah, and if you want to know more, more about teenagers, we're your your hub. Um, oh, and we're going to be launching a little tour later on so that we can understand what's in the brains of Gen Z. Nice. If there's anything left. Gareth. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a happy day. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Levine.